And this time, hollow out your mattress as the most powerful men in Canada discuss top tech. This week, personal finance. So, can I borrow some cash from you guys? Yeah, my rates are actually pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) I have no cash anymore. I am a cashless man now. Well, allow me to add in my two cents on this topic. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Can, can, can we put a moratorium on that for the rest of the episode? You had all these written down in show notes, didn't you? <laughs> now, we're going to talk about personal finance today, specifically technology and personal finance. There's all sorts of really interesting things that can be done with your computing device that can save you a bunch of hassles and headaches in order to get a better wrangling of your personal finances. Exactly. We all know about online banking. I mean, hopefully all of you out there already have a online bank account so that you can go to your bank and check your balances, pay your bills, make a couple transfers, that sort of thing. And if, if you're worried about security, please don't worry about that kind of security. Just keep your password secure. The internet's got it taken care of. Yeah. Your browser updated. That's also a good one. Yes, those two. And just throwing that out there, uninstall Java and Flash while you're at it. And you're covered. That's our security episode for the web now. Yes. So. Internet banking is probably one of the most secure things you'll do on your computer. The companies that are working on this, they are acutely aware of the problems that could come up and they are really ahead of the curve on this in most instances. If that is your worry about using online banking, let us assuage your worries there that it's actually quite good. We now have really great tools that allow you to pull that information from your online banking without you have to manually enter it into other tools that are specifically meant just to manage your finances, to come up with budgeting and also plan out your your months and weeks and how you're spending your money and give you kind of examples of where you're spending money and not. Oh, you're talking about quick and online, aren't you, Johnny? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Mint. Mint. Which was an acquisition by Intuit. Oh, really? They didn't actually design that to begin with. So what exactly does Mint do, Johnny? Well, it tracks all of the information on all of your transactions for a month, from month to month, and then can compare them over time so you can see how much money you've spent on different things and allow you to create budgets so that you can plan for saving for things that you would like to get in the future. It does quite a lot of really interesting things because it'll also grab your savings and RSP information, your retirement stuff, and also credit card information and track how much interest you're paying. And it can do things like bring up a pie chart showing you, you're spending $4,200 a year on interest on this. Maybe you should look at getting a lower interest credit card. And this Mint isn't the only one, but this is the one that both Ian and I have used. I don't know if you've used something else, Beach. I was dying to use Mint for years and years because uh, back when I was in Alberta and using the ATB Financial online banking, it was miserable and didn't allow me to do anything. But I thought I was happy. And then we moved out to Victoria just as Mint added access to ATB Financial because it was the one thing they didn't have yet. It's like these smaller regional banks. Now I'm now I'm using Mint like everybody else. And one of my favorite things about using Mint is that they have great apps. They have a great iPhone app, but their iPad app is phenomenal because I can pick up my iPad 
and it presents you the pie charts. You can tap them. Uh, you can do drill down, which is fantastic. Because then you can go into a category and say, okay, well, I had how many transactions that were uncategorized this month? Though I had four. I tap that. What was that for? You know, sometimes they have really cryptic names. But then you figure it out and you're like, oh, that's parking. You set that one up as parking. And from that point on, Mint will remember that anything it sees come in with that name, it will just assign to parking automatically. And so therefore, I'll know that next month, all of those charges that would have shown up as saying City of Victoria Library for $3 turns out that's actually parking. But then you can actually bundle parking into a super category that would include all of your automotive expenses, like tires would go under one thing and then mechanical expenses and another parking fuel. And you could tie all of your automotive expenses into one pie graph. Yeah, and it sounds really fiddly, but the nice thing about it is knowing that you need to have separate categories for stuff. You might decide that parking doesn't belong under automotive. You might decide that, well, that's an expense I'm going to have to make for business. So you make a business expenses category and you're like, I'm going to put that underneath there instead. You know, maybe parking is something that has to do with your job because you're a delivery driver. And so all your parking stuff has to be reimbursed. Yeah, reimbursed or expensed back to the company. Or maybe you just want parking to show up as its own thing all the time. You can make it a master category. This is going to take a bit of setup. You're going to have to sit down for maybe about an hour and look through your expenses for the month. But as you start setting them up to register in this way, Mint will remember categories that these things are supposed to belong to. So if if you set up a business as a certain category, it'll remember it for you. I'm pretty sure that if somebody else sets the same thing up, their category won't interfere on your custom setup. I don't know how it knows. I have to assume other people have already (laughs) set it up to be a restaurant. And so therefore I'm benefiting from that. I think it's a combination of two things. I think it's a combination based on a bunch of keywords. So the words like restaurant and cafe, and they're looking for those type of things because I've seen some things where it miscategorizes them. One that I often get is gas bar. So if Uh, a a gas station is called a gas bar, it automatically assumes that it's actually a place that I I bought alcoholic beverages for. So it puts it under entertainment. (laughs) No, that that goes in gas stations. But I think it also, as you said, Beach, there is some crowdsourcing that information and helping out fit those into the correct categories by default. But as you said, if you set a custom one, it's not going to override that. Also, to keep in mind that all of this stuff is done online. You don't pay for a piece of software and install it on your computer. You're doing this all through a web page or through a mobile device in order to access. And And it's cross-platform how's it getting all this information? It is hooking itself up to your bank accounts. You're logging in, you're providing your login details to Mint, and you're saying, yes, please log into my bank account and please get all of my information from there. Now, it's Intuit, and Intuit, because they've made personal finance software for years, you've been trusting them with your personal finance information for quite some time. I think they felt that they could extend that goodwill a little bit further. And if Intuit ever did anything janky with their banking information, I think people would just start migrating away in droves. It would drive them out of business. It's in their best interests to not screw around with your personal finance information. Even if you don't use all of the interesting tools that it provides, it allows you to be a little bit more self-reflective about how you're spending your money. It's tax time. It is tax time. So speaking of quick tax and into it, I've never done my taxes on paper. The first year that I was out of high school, I got my mother to help me with my taxes on paper and I ended up owing money and I was pretty sure that that was incorrect. And the next year I was like, forget that noise. I'm going to do it myself and I'm going to do it electronically. I can use a computer. I will do it this way and got money back and was very happy with it. And it was uh, Quicken tax software uh, that you downloaded. And I did that for years until they discontinued that and it became Quicken Online. Was that what it was called at first? And then TurboTax? They acquired TurboTax at one point. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was using 
TurboTax online for a while. So it basically does the same thing. It's a piece of software that you enter in a few pieces of information. One of the things that I liked about doing it with the software is all the kind of information that doesn't change from year over year. Generally, your address and phone number, your full name, your social insurance number, all that kind of information. You don't have to type that in every single time that it pulls that from the previous year including your last tax return information so that it can, if there's any carry forward or if there's portions of your taxes that you need to enter in information from previous years, it does all that stuff for you. It was really nice and seamless. And then two years ago, TurboTax upgraded to a new database and lost a whole bunch of customers' information. And there was no way, they had no system of taking any of the tax files that you had downloaded to your computer, you could then use those files that you had locally to upload to their new system and not have to enter in all your information again. So I got upset and said, that's not good enough. I'm going to try someone different. And I switched to U-File, which uh, Ian recommends, I believe. Loving my U-File. I'm a big fan of U-File too. I have used U-File for about, I'm going to say five years now. So just about to the point where I can start deleting their old files. But the best thing about U-File is back in the day when computerized tech calculation software, they were all Windows based. There was pretty much nothing for the Macintosh, Mm. except for incredibly expensive things or whatnot. But U-File is all online. It's all done through the browser. So you don't have to worry about platform compatibility, but moreover, you don't have to worry about holding on to the files themselves. I'm cheap, and so I was waiting for tax software to come out for Linux, because I'm an idiot. And people were saying, yeah, you could totally just go buy QuickTax and run it in Wine, which is the way to run Windows software on Linux. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. And and so I did my taxes by hand for a year or two until I decided that this is completely ridiculous. But when UFile was out, filing all my taxes that way became very, very easy. Because for one thing, if you make below a certain amount, you can file for free, which yeah. is awesome. Knowing that it's going to keep all that information and just kind of keep dragging it forward year after year and knowing that all that stuff is online, plus I can save the file on my computer. So if there is a problem, then we can just take those files and re-upload them again. And hopefully you file keeps going for a long, long time. And doing the net file thing is just so simple. I'm willing to pay this year. Let's not forget to plug the government of Canada's net file system, which is so convenient. I want to touch back on Beej's point about how affordable you file is. So it's free if you don't make a certain amount of money per year. But above that, I think it's only $15 plus $9 per dependent or spouse. Yeah, it's dirt cheap. And plus, I found on Retail Me Not a 25% off coupon God that works. Damn it, I <laughs> I haven't filed yet. You got to send me that. Knocked another $7 off. So that was great. But you're right, being able to submit through the government of Canada's website is great. The only thing I really wish that our tax system would get to a point of, and maybe this is just being lazy, but living in an electronic world where all the data about your tax is stored electronically and then they print it out and mail it to you. I'm okay with still getting something in paper so I have something, but why can't I get an electronic version of that that I could connect into U-File that would just automatically upload all my T4 information without me potentially making a mistake? Yeah, and it's unfortunate you can't do that. Let's hope that's something that comes in the future because they are kind of testing their waters a bit with that. And I think, Beej, you wanted to touch on ePost. Okay, so Canada Post, I mean, it's a crown corporation, so we're not talking the actual government, but ePost is designed as a way for you to get your bills. And really, they said anything because you can set up an email address this way. But ePost is designed to collect your bills for you. And companies that did not offer electronic billing options, the idea is that you can just get an ePost account and then say to ePost, I want you to 
to get my Epcor bill every month. And somehow, magically, I have no idea how this works. They get the bill. You don't get a copy of it by paper. ePost gets it. No, it's, it's some sort of crazy Disney magic. You can store your bills online through ePost, or you can pull them down as a PDF. They have a method of making a payment, which is a little bit convoluted, that you can record payments. So when you've paid your bill through your bank, you can come back to ePost, click record a payment, and then say, this is the amount that I paid. This is the date that I'm paying it on. So it understands you're going to be making future dated payments. And then it saves that with the bill. So you know that you can go back later, click on it, and you can see the record that, yes, you paid this bill and you paid it as of this date. And so that's not only managed on the bank side, but if the bank doesn't make the payment, you can always come back to ePost and be like, hey, I recorded there was a payment here. And damn it, you guys better make good on this. But thanks to ePost, I almost never have to check my mailbox again because it's all junk. The only mail I get now are shipments from Amazon, <laughs> flyers, yeah, and the occasional thank you letter from Desert Bus. <laughs> I don't get a thank you letter for Desert Bus because I have to sign them. Uh. The important information here is there are a lot of really great tools to help you manage your finances, pay your bills, get your taxes done. And they're all online. So they're cross-platform. They can, in many cases, talk to each other so you're not having to re-enter information from system to system and year after year. And they can help you better keep track of all of your information and better manage your finances without the huge clutter of all the paperwork in your house. We all hate paper. I really do. I really hate it. I love the feel of paper. I like books, but I hate mail that is (laughs) bills and all sorts of terrible flyers and stuff and anything I can do to reduce that. I love paper. I just hate using it. That's exactly what it is. I love paper. I hate using it. I hate wasting it. Paper should be very important things. And my bill is not very important. And on that non-bombshell, we have been the most powerful men in Canada. My name is Ian Horner. I'm Johnny Blakeborough. And I'm Brendan Beachdeary. Thanks for joining us. The most powerful men in Canada would love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at toptech.tiltyhouse.com if you have any comments or if there are any subjects you'd like us to cover in a future show.